All right, welcome to O'Malley's podcast. We are here today with Robert Moore. He's one of our local powerlifting coaches, a uh, small business owner in the area. Former. Former small business owner in the area. Um, on the flip side of that, he has a little extra time to come hang out with us today, so appreciate it. Um, today we're going to talk about steroids. We're going to talk about powerlifting. Um, Bob's probably got some interesting stories about owning an adult store. So you're probably going to want to stick around for that. <laughs> Stay with us. Um, welcome back. Um, we got uh, Bob Moore here today. Um, co-host Tim O'Malley, Monty Morell. Um, first segment we're going to go through, we're going to go through our educational part. Tim's going to give us kind of the rundown on steroids. It's been a hot topic that's been requested. Um, we all kind of knew eventually we'd get to it, um, so here it is, and Tim's gonna gonna give it to us. All right, let's talk about steroids. Since uh, the laws have changed in Oregon, it's become uh, increasingly more popular yeah. recently, and I just finally decided that we should touch on it because there is a lot of abuse, and we see a lot of a lot of bad things being done with the drugs. So. Let's get into, I want to get into, first of all, what are steroids? And uh, people have an outlook on bodybuilding like we are unhealthy and that we are adding something crazy to our bodies like heroin or you're taking some foreign substance to make you grow and get big and it's going to adversely affect you. But actually, steroids are just testosterone. They are synthetic man-made copies of testosterone. And even though there's all kinds of different types of steroids, they are all derivatives of testosterone. So they're all made to act how the male hormone does in your body. But the way they are altered, they will act differently, but they are all derivatives of testosterone. So you're actually just adding to your body hormone. What's already naturally made. Right. So that can be unhealthy, too much hormone can cause bad side effects and too much of anything can cause bad side effects. Absolutely. So the other point of that is in bodybuilding how this is misconceived is good bodybuilders have to have healthy organs and have to be healthy, can't have high blood pressure because if you have blood if you have bad blood work, if you have unhealthy organs, your blood pressure is high, you're not gonna be able to eat the food required. Your body's not going to be able to spend enough time with its resources on growing. It's going to be spending its resources fighting your problems. So it's a big misconception about the harm we are doing ourselves. Not to say there isn't. There is abuse. But not when you see these good guys, the pros, when you see national level, when you see good bodybuilding with people following doctors, blood work, when you see them following the right plans, they're actually healthy individuals getting their blood work done and doing things correctly so they can grow that big. To see a human that size with that much muscle... Typically will not look that way. Yeah, you can, that's, it's body. hard to grow that much muscle in an unhealthy body. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, I, I felt that when <clears throat> numerous times throughout my bodybuilding career when I was pushing doses um, that were extreme... I would always get that 
maybe you guys have had it before, but it's like a real sick feeling where you're just like, God, dude, like I can't eat, I can't sleep. Um, common side effects of Anadrol. We were talking about that today. Um, can't eat, appetite's down. Common side effects of trend, can't sleep. Um, so too much of those things. I mean, if you can't eat and you can't sleep, like what good is the rest of it doing for you? Um, so I, I've felt it and there's that definite law of diminishing return with these things that I think that a lot of people don't understand. And I mean, people will, <clears throat> there's some other people out there that would like to push the numbers. Um, and maybe they think that it's better. Um, but I would challenge those people to take a step back if they're feeling crappy. Um, you know, if they're starting to not sleep and not be able to eat the food that's required of them to take a step back and see how they do on a smaller amount or a different kind of steroid. Um, and they'd probably find that they'd have even better results. I mean, cause we've seen some cases out there where people obviously grow very, very big, um, on massive amounts. And, but I would, I would be curious to see how you can only achieve those results for so long. Though, right. At some point, you know, you sort of hit like, a zenith or a crescendo where it's that you're just pumping shit in to pump shit in and it's it's just diminished returns right you're flushing it down the toilet right. so like and doing more harm than good oh 100 i think i think at least what i've noticed in the strength community and probably in the bodybuilding world as well with a lot of the young people uh drugs are the focus and mm -hmm at least for my training and the people that I train, drugs are not the focus. The focus is nutrition and training and general health. And if you can achieve those things, what you decide to put into your body, and so long as you're doing it responsibly and you're educated on the subject, it's just like putting fertilizer on a plant. It doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't make you enormous. It doesn't make you strong. But it does help with things. Again, it's just like fertilizer on a plant. It's allowing you to do the work better. Yeah, recover faster, right. use your food better. Uh, and if you're getting into this place where you're not sleeping and you're not eating, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah what's the point? Yeah, yeah, you're just not doing it. You're taking steps back. Yeah. You're not. And the big reason I want to bring it up, too, is because O'Malley's gym has this, I hear it, that, well, that's where all the juicers go. That's where all the Reuters go. And it's <laughs> like, you people have no idea. When I was at LA Fitness... I saw more dumb shit and I had more people coming up to me telling me what they were doing. When you walk there, these steroids are being used everywhere at mm -hmm. every gym in high amounts. Yeah. And when you walk into an LA fitness, I can point out teenage kids that are purple. They're turning purple yeah. because their kidneys mm -hmm. are failing already. They're yeah. doing so much D ball. Yeah. They've been doing trend for two years straight. Yeah. yeah. The shit is, there's so much bad shit going on in the gyms. When you come to O'Malley's, I don't see that. And when we see someone like that, usually a discussion happens. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I remember when, and you, I think you kind of did it too when we first got started and we would meet a, a really legit bodybuilder and be like, dude, what do you take? If they were even willing to give us that information. Because back then they really didn't. And that was the mindset of the young person. Totally. What do you take? What do you take? What are you we doing? Would, what are you eating? 100%. We would ask them that and they'd be like, I'm taking, you know, three cc's of test and two cc's of deco a week. And that's kind of 
what I ride on and maybe a little bit more during contest time. And my first answer to them would, or my first response always was like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, that's what I do. Why don't I look like that? Well, I also didn't have the 10 or 15 years behind good training and nutrition with a moderate amount of steroids. So my, my advice or um, opinion on the matter is when, when you ask somebody who is, has been successful in bodybuilding or powerlifting, what do, what do you take? And if they are nice enough to give you that answer, um, don't second guess that. It's probably true. Like it probably is a mod- a very moderate amount. It's probably not what you're thinking because um, you're not taking into consideration how many years of experience these people have been doing it and why they have been able to do it for years is because of the moderation. I've, I've seen a couple of things that at least this is the conclusion that I come to in my mind is that um, when you look at groups of powerlifters at least and you see people who are maybe the more experienced of the group and the people who are younger in the sport or just maybe not as driven as some people, um, it seems to me that that is generally the group that uses the most steroids is the ones that are maybe local guys, not like national competitors or competing on an international level. They are used at that level, but the way they are used is more of a, at least this is my take, it's more of a scientific approach. It's not just shoveling crap in to see what happens. Um, In particular, when you're going into those big competitions, you don't want to be, you know, playing the game of what's this going to do to me, you know, when you're, you know, 12 weeks out from any type of competition. I assume the same thing is true for bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And with, um, like, I don't, I would, I would never personally put anything in my body. I didn't know it, exactly what the reaction was going to be and what the end result was going to be at the end of the cycle. I would never do that prior to any sort of big competition or even just a general training cycle where I'm trying to get something out of it and I have a goal. Because that could be the variable that throws everything off. Mm-hmm. And to me, at least, it seems that more thought needs to be, more thought and consideration needs to be put into yeah. maybe the younger people's minds. More rhyme and reason. Yeah, rather than um, shoveling crap in and ignoring the important things, which are, in my opinion, nutrition, rest, healthy living, um, low stress if you can. So I'll give a little lesson that will help maybe some people who are currently abusing them. <laughs> so all steroids are derived from testosterone and they get, they get put into a category of anabolic or androgenic. And the way that's done is testosterone is the baseline. They call it equally androgenic and anabolic. Anabolic means it affects your muscle only. If something were 100% anabolic, it would only affect tissue. Androgenic means properties of, like, your hair growing male hormone, or just even female, they get a little testosterone, but it's the... Primarily male. Masculinization effects, like your voice, your hair growing, things like that. Those are androgenic. So testosterone is the, is the guideline, because that's what your body... They base it on what your body produces. Mm-hmm. So it's, they call it 50-50, the, you know, it's 100% androgenic. So what they, when they discover all these new steroids, all they've done is changed the testosterone, moved it around so that it's uptaked 
by the body either anab more anabolically, so it affects you less androgenically, or it's very high-powered androgenic and less-powered anabolic. So the major problem that I'm finding when, when I see the most people have health problems is they're going hardcore on the androgenics, not the anabolics. They're getting high blood pressure. They're, they're taking highly androgenic drugs nonstop, not coming off of them, and really raising their, their organ levels. They're getting bad blood levels. So you don't want to be hitting the androgenics hard. <laughs> One of the things that I learned <clears throat> through you um, when I'd kind of come in contact with you again, I hadn't seen you in a while, and you kind of started helping me organize what I was taking because I kind of had always um, taken things because it was about that time to start taking those things. And you, you, um, your approach to it was why, why are we changing those things at this point? Are we ready to make that change and what's going on with your body to make that choice? So something that I would urge people to do is before you implement something new or you, um, start to add more things in as you're getting closer to your competition ask yourself why, like, am I doing that because so-and-so says yeah. that at six weeks out, you put Winstrel into your plan. Is so-and-so telling you that at eight weeks out, you put trend into your plan. Is that how it always is? Or is that, you know, why are you doing that? And if you can give yourself a reason why you need something new into your plan, then maybe you can do and, that. And here's the big thing for the young kids. It's a performance enhancer. So some of them are throwing a Kai Green cycle at a piss poor performance. Mm -hmm. Like there's no yes. fucking point. Right. If, if you can only bench 200 pounds, there's no need to be taking a whole bunch of steroids. You're trying to enhance the performance. Your performance already sucks. <laughs> you can get better without anything. It, there's a time to enhance. If someone, we're not, we're never going to be able to stop the kids from, the people are going to be doing drugs no. everywhere. <clears throat> I, my advice to you is, anyone that's going to be using them and we're not going to be able to stop them is that you do very small amounts and you try to increase your output in the gym, your weights. And when you see that output plateau, then maybe you could think about increasing an amount and then plateau on that amount. You don't got to throw the kitchen sink at a shitty bench. Mm -hmm. it's can I get into actually how I run my cycles? Is that something I can do? We would yeah. love that. Okay. Yeah. So here has, uh, whether you, this is, take it for what it is. This is my cycle and how I run them. I go on a medical dose of test until I start growing from the medical dose of test. That's generally anywhere between 200 and 300 milligrams is what I call a medical dose of test a week. I do that until I start growing from it. And my cycles... I only do the cycles when I'm getting into either a training phase or going into meat prep. So my cycles, I generally do the same drugs because I know what they're going to do for me. I take a half cc of DECA the first week of my cycle. The next week, so I'm taking shots once a week. I do one cc of test, half cc of DECA the first week. Next week, uh, same thing. Second week is one cc of test, half cc of DECA, half cc of TREN. That goes forward like that until I'm doing two cc's of DECA, and then I'll also throw in uh, Masteron too at one cc a week. So I end up doing one cc of test, two cc's of DECA, one cc of TREN, 
one cc of master on and then orals pre uh competition and my orals uh, pre-competition are generally a high dose of halitestin the day of just the day of just the day of that's it and that's power lifter it's a little different than a bodybuilder yeah a little different. I like it. <laughs> yeah that was like when i got into powerlifting that was like one of the things that i had i mean i really didn't have any idea what i was doing at all but i was like how does this even work like this is like I went to prison for this subject. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty knowledgeable. <laughs> I feel like I should know these things, but I really had no idea what how powerlifters did things. So it's been really interesting to learn how that particular component plays in. Can we go into how bodybuilders do things? Because quite yeah. honestly, I'm curious. All right. First, I want to say this though. HR when you because you're talking about the doctor dose. These drugs are actually good for people especially when you're getting up in age and my age that's why there's hrt clinics hormone replacement therapy clinics that i can get a prescription for to give me hormone that it's it puts you they, at a healthy level it puts you at a healthy yeah. level i mean for god's sakes if you're it's acceptable in society to be a woman and turn yourself into a man by taking these hormones but if you're a bodybuilder you're an asshole yeah like it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous the, for how progressive the world's supposed to be, we're, we're I guess right. we're like last in line. <laughs> yeah, know. it's because it's a masculine thing. Yeah, it's a masculine. What thing. The, while we're on the subject of that, really quick, what I don't really understand is how <laughs> it's 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 acceptable for people, myself included, in this equation when I was younger, to go out and get annihilated, fucking drunk, get in bar fights, wreck their fucking cars. That's perfectly <laughs> like you're just normal twenty something as far as where I grew up anyway. Right. Uh, but if you take a little test and lift some fucking weights, this is, this is a bad thing. Yeah. It's crossing the line. Uh, I, do I don't really get it, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, as far as being socially acceptable. Right. Yeah. So, so a typical bodybuilder would be 16 week cycle would be, you run test based the whole way through. And that depends on, we're talking about intermediate level bodybuilder, let's say mm -hmm. it might be. 400 to 500 milligrams test the whole yeah. way through, start to the finish. The whole way through? The whole way through. Wow. That's your baseline. Wow. And then we find drugs lose their effectiveness about eight weeks. Like yeah. you adapt to any drug, like, like alcohol. Like an yeah. 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 Your body will adapt to any drug. So we usually do DECA and EQ split. So like the first eight weeks might be EQ, the last eight weeks DECA or, or vice versa. versa. Yeah. And then... And that would be at a moderate dose of 300, 400, 300 400 milligrams yeah. a week. And then we usually run one oral alongside that. And it's typically anabolic. Some guys can take an androgenic, like anadrol, D-ball, but it affects a lot of people's appetites. So they don't. They stay anabolic with Anavar or Winnie. I, correction. I think people still do it. They just, yeah, they're making the choice to take the drug because they... Think that that's what they're supposed to do, but they, they really think the don't. drugs more important than eating, right? So they may take. Yes, and then again, all this is like pretty subject to change. I mean, there's yeah. there's a, a but wide. This would be a generic, right? If you're doing something with a responsible bodybuilding coach, a yeah. good bodybuilding coach like Tim, then they will be making those adjustments based on what's going on with your body, not just because it's week three or week four or week eight. It's it's going to be based off of what's happening. And then the last four to six, six to four weeks of the cycle, we would throw in trend to harden up everything. Huh. You don't get any kind of bloating from that then? 
No. Hmm. No. Would you take Trent Hanks, not Trent Hanks? Oh, okay. Pollard like Trent Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> we like they the like, once a week shot. Like that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah, that's pretty typical. And then we take at least, then we cycle off. What about the anti-estrogens? Because that plays a role in there, too. So in the off-season, we don't like anti-estrogens right. because estrogen helps you grow. Right. That's so, like, with powerlifting, like, estrogen isn't necessarily, like, a bad right. thing. Depending so on the levels, but we do estrogen based on side effect. If you are having sensitive nipples, holding a lot of water, then we will administer small amounts of any estrogen till we find your sweet spot. Kind of the minimal amounts, because we want to run the minimal amount so that you could still use estrogen to grow without just squashing. And it. do you guys use something like uh, Novel Dex, where it's like a receptor site filler, or do you use something like? Uh, what's anastrozole or something? Anastrozole. Yeah, yeah that, that's like just completely blocks it. Anastrozole or Remedix. Yeah. When we get into like a pre-contest, and this is like a little more on the advanced side and a little more extreme, where we really just try to shut that shit down, then we'll throw in, um, the um. We'll throw the kitchen sink at it. Yeah. No shit. We'll throw every. And it's like it's the most miserable feeling. I hate it. I can only imagine. Just. It ruins me. <laughs> I'm just like, so long as you're not like, you don't have this like huge abundance of estrogen floating around in your body. No, you know, if you're doing like a couple grams of test a week, that would be a fucking problem. But like for me, like a little bit of estrogen, I kind of feel all right. Like I'm bloated. I'm a little sleepy. But you your know? glutes won't look all right. Oh, what's the difference? Yeah. You know. When we're really trying, <laughs> yeah, when we're trying to pull when we're pulling out uh, that last bit of water, like yeah. like the the I mean, optimally, if we can. Um, and responsibly, we want to try to take as much water out as we can so that that last week we're not having to do those extreme things with diuretics and um, playing the guessing game on how to, how to pull that With the diuretics, so like with powerlifting, we take a little bit of diuretics just to make weight. But like it was like a little Lasix or something like that mm -hmm. nothing for an extended period of time. But it seems like in bodybuilding too, speaking of harsh drugs that people abuse – Seems like there is. There's so also been deaths due to diabetes. The goal, correct? and that's from bad bodybuilding. The goal in bodybuilding is to be so shredded you do not need a diuretic. If you need a diuretic, it's gonna you're introducing a game because it's gonna pull water, and you might already not have much water on your skin, and you're gonna pull water from the muscle and looking flat. So you want you just want to be shredded without diuretics. Where diuretics come in is a bad bodybuilder. They're fat. Now we got to do something because it's it's tomorrow. <laughs> you know, tomorrow time. you gonna have to take a diuretic because you got water all over. Because yeah. they they don't they like uh, you like uh, excrete all the potassium or something or salt out of your system, right? Isn't that how they work? Or basically, you're already not drinking fluid. You're already you've shut off your water, and then you're taking a diuretic and spilling more water. So then your mineral count also drops in your muscle There's tissue. There's been too. people that have mineral can go to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, wow, that's that's something else. Yeah, yeah it's probably more hospital trips from due, di to due to diuretics than yeah. any other. Yeah. And like, uh, and that's just from rookie and just, insulin, which we will save for another day because that's a whole wide subject. But we should probably get on to meeting our guest. Um, so that was kind of that was kind of the the basic <laughs> steroid um, intro. It's definitely like a subject that we will continue getting a little bit more involved in. It was really nice having somebody, a guest that that has some experience in it too. That was we don't. And real quick, I just want to say because we preached it was safe, safe in the beginning, and then how we get a little crazy for show. Showtime, we are out of line, a little bit. We are unhealthy, but it's just like 
NASCAR. They're risking their lives. For the last six weeks going into the show, we're not being healthy. Yeah, the envelope gets it's, pushed a little bit. The envelope gets pushed. When you come out of show, it's time to clean up and return everything, get your blood work back to normal. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say, yeah, on the stage-wise, looking that hard, yeah, looking like a freak, that is an unhealthy thing, which can't be maintained. When you see a bodybuilder on stage, that's not what they look like all the time. That mm-hmm. is a momentary, they geared it all for that single day. And it changes like that. For that too. five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. hourly. It hourly. You oh, you can change oh, yeah. hourly. Really? It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's frustrating. It is. That's very frustrating. Fucking eat pizza and lift weights all day. Yeah. Ninety nine percent of the time, we're about being healthy. Yeah. (laughs) Last minute, we're not. Yeah. Yeah, Forty six weeks out of the year, you were healthy. Yeah. And I will say also for I don't know about all powerlifters, but I can say this for myself. Um, Prior to starting a cycle, I get blood work done. After a cycle, Mm -hmm. I have a clean out period of four to six weeks. I get more blood work done, and then while I'm off. I continue to get blood work done every three months. So, and if you ever have an organ level that doesn't return back to normal, right. you'd know you've done something wrong and you must cease right. what you've done and find corrective measures before right. you could ever dream of doing it again. And if Ultimately, we're trying to enjoy life. And I think if, you know, uh, being on dialysis is a full-time fucking job. Yeah. You go and sit hooked up to a machine for six to eight hours a day, something like that. And that's one of the big things about it. Fuck that. The biggest problem is getting your taking too much of these antigens, getting your blood pressure real high, and eating high amounts of protein because the that's what's pushing blood through the kidneys at a fast. When your blood pressure is higher, you're pushing all that protein through the kidneys more, and that's where you get kidney damage. So don't get high blood pressure. If you're using steroids, get your blood pressure checked often. I mean, if you're high, you need to cut back on the antigens. You need to get your blood pressure in check. And get your blood work done. That's the biggest danger. Do it. <laughs> so let's meet Bob. <laughs> yeah, let's meet Bob. Um, that was, that was actually really um, cool because a lot of times our guests don't pipe in on the education. That was actually a long educational part. So that was. But well, we had we had uh, a pre podcast chat last night about we did ninety percent. We did. Yeah, we talked about a lot of that last night. So, um, so this is Bob Moore. This is. Um, one of the powerlifting coaches he's my coach right now um so definitely glad to have him here he's got a lot of really cool stories the guy's been around the block um so can you tell us a little bit about you and kind of how this whole thing started he also has a background in boxing um so definitely want to hear about that so maybe you can kind of just give us the rundown on when this whole thing started for you and maybe give us sort of the, some highlights of sure things that you've you've done along the way uh yeah uh, so, um, like a lot of people, it seems that end up in the gym, uh, my family life was a little, little rough. Um, but you know, it seems to, that's, that's pretty normal nowadays. But, uh, anyway, so grew up with, uh, my father at the time was an alcoholic, um, and, uh, started drinking and, uh, using drugs and things at a pretty young age. And eventually ended up in, uh, in the gang world and, uh, through that at a, at a very young age as well, at about 15 and, uh, through that, um, being hyper aggressive was, was rewarded. And so I started boxing and 
uh, sort of the, the kind of caveat to all of this is that like the boxing and the weightlifting and everything is sort of what took my life in a, in another direction though. So it's, it's, it's interesting, at least to me that like what started off is trying to be, trying to be a better, what I saw at the time, probably not real great human being, uh, trying to be better at that, like beating people up in the streets and stuff, uh, led me, it took me in the opposite direction. So, um, I'm thankful for all of it, to be honest with you. And I wouldn't change a thing. And, um, anyway, you started boxing at what age? 15? Uh, yeah. In, in my 15, 16, like mm-hmm. 17, 18 is when I really started getting into it pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. And then from there, um, and through that I started powerlifting or I started lifting weights in my late teens. And, uh, with that, you know, we're all, I'm sure everybody in this room grew up watching Bill Kazmaier and mm-hmm. Jeff Capes, all those dudes picking up big stones and pressing logs and right. big, strong as shit. And so uh, I always had a goal in the back of my mind that I wanted to do strongman. And I think it was in 99 that I did, I could be mistaken, it was 99 or 2000, I can't quite remember, right? But I did my first strongman competition after lifting weights for two or three years. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I didn't know that until last night either. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I had no idea that you... <laughs> yeah. I thought you were just yeah. powerlifting. Yeah. Yeah, and then... I mean, you brought the yoke to the gym. I guess I should have known. <laughs> well, and I keep sending you pictures of tires and logs and yeah. shit that I can bring in. And, but anyway. You like it? Do you like? <laughs> you brought the tire. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I did my first strongman competition. Uh, with Todd B. Craft, actually. Oh. B. Craft and Julie Havelka. I didn't know he did Strongman either. I didn't know he oh. did anything other than shrugs. Next. Next stuff. Just kidding. Uh, traps with the new apps. He, we he, love he, Todd. Todd's he used to be good. a good powerlifter back when he was. Yeah, coming. back in the day. He was a big motherfucker. Yeah, he, he, was, he, uh, he put up some really good numbers. <clears throat> he put up, uh, I believe it was 551 in one of those old Ames of Blast shirts. Wow. Which was like, I mean, if if you knew how to use it, you were getting twenty or thirty pounds out of it. Right. So. So uh, he did strongman with you. Yeah. Well, we didn't actually know each other at the time, and then the next year we started training together. Anyway, so through Larry. that, Larry and I uh, started training. Larry Hook and I started training together, and Todd B. Craft and Julie Hovelka. We all started doing strongman and stuff, and then we did that for a couple of years. And then Larry was a former national champion powerlifter, and so. And Larry's another coach at the gym. Mm-hmm. Larry Hook, yeah, he's my training partner. He still is my training. Wrap my knees today. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, just a, that that dude is something else. I got stories about him that'll blow your friggin' We're gonna mind, have him. Man. We're gonna have him in here. I'll yeah, see yeah. Well, yeah. maybe I'll touch on a couple. Yeah, and then you, you have to the, the story later. that you told me last night. That's that's a great the story. Story. You have to oh. tell that story. I'll, I'll totally tell that story. Um, okay, let me let me kind of circle back here. What what were we? Uh, I'm a little You'd, baked, by the way. Yeah. That's not <laughs> evident. But uh, strongman, a little powerlifting, some boxing, and then um, um, we were training at the, uh, the. It was called the Dog Pound Gym, and we had uh, Mark Kaplan, who is uh, in the powerlifting Hall of Fame. He trained with. Uh, What's his face? Uh, uh, Doyle Kennedy. Kennedy. Uh-huh. with Doyle Kennedy. Um, we had uh, Donovan. Well, you guys all know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry. Yeah, yeah. Donovan. Fucking free. And shredded. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Larry. Yeah. Larry's a beast too still, and he's shredded. Man. Oh, I can't wait to get into stories about Larry and what <laughs> where, where was this place located, the dog pound? Yeah. Uh, originally, it was in the the basement of Mark Kaplan's house in uh, Lake Oswego. Oh. And it was dirty and stinky and moldy, and nobody ever washed their gear. So, like, everybody's gear just stank. Like, yeah. fucking. It's like rotting on rot people. Rotten shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking horrible, man. <laughs> And, uh, like, I think back to the, no, no ventilation, no windows or nothing. It's just gross. Just stank. Oh, yeah. Blood all over the bars and shit. And, um, I just, I remember that. And I think back on it now, like, especially with, like, COVID and everything going on. And everybody, you know, is, you can't blame them for being as worried as they are because the media is fucking pumping shit out, making everybody fucking nuts. But anyway. <laughs> If you trained at the dog pound, you're probably you're fucking safe. You are good to go. That was the that was the best fucking flu shot I ever got. Been through that fucking place. Yeah, but down in that dirty little basement, though, uh, we had a monolift. We had a comp bench. We had a leg press. We had dumbbells up to one fifties. We had a lap pull. Jesus, seated row, all kinds of like uh, uh, glute ham raise, reverse hyper. Uh, lots of, there was a standing shoulder press machine that I used to love, man. It was like that, you a know, Viking the Viking press, press? Oh, those are but dope. it was Viking a plate loaded one. Ooh. One of those jobs. Oh, so press. cool. Yeah, there was that one. Uh, there was like some preacher curl stuff, some calf stuff and some tricep machines. That's a really good All in the basement. Yeah. It's, it's probably a room about this big. Holy crap. I mean, it was tight, maybe a little bit bigger. Give or take five feet, something yeah, like that. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, and it was stink. Everybody's farting down there. Oh, yeah. oh it's fucking gross. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy Schultz was oh, with yeah. us. Yeah, Sammy Schultz was with us. Uh, but anyway, so through that, uh, we did uh, senior nationals. Larry did WPO. Uh, we did international company worlds. We did all kinds of shit. WPO is trying to make a comeback. Too. Yeah, yeah, awesome. it, yeah, and it's it's looking like it's going to go to the Arnold. So uh, my hope is, you know, if I can maintain one piece, uh, I'll be in the WPO in 2021. That's how I am. Nice. What's we'll the squat you're aiming for right now? Well, a uh, thousand pounds at 198 is oh. what I'm going for. Uh, we'll be, uh, nine nine twenty-seven, yeah. something like that today. Yeah. So I hit 927 today. Uh, I wasn't at depth. Uh, it needs some work. But uh, 903 is, uh, I can smoke 903. So, that squat's there. That's yeah, a lot of weight. there. Uh, What's your weight at right now? Uh, well, it's, it's Christmas time. Yeah. I'm a little fluffy. <laughs> Do you, I mean, uh, you can give a pre-Christmas weight if you'd yeah, like. No, I, I, I'm probably about 215 right now. Oh, okay. that's so you're not, not far off at all. No, you honest. can do it. I didn't know if that 198 was going to be like a big. I try to walk around at about 210, 212. Yeah. I try to walk because I just don't like, I don't like the big weight cuts that's anymore. Neat. Yeah. I'm almost 43 years old and I don't like doing that shit. That sucks. Um, so it's not like your guys' weight cuts and your former profession weight cut yeah. but uh uh they they suck nonetheless and it's a crash mm -hmm. weight cut um is a 10 pound drop for you like a real that's easy nothing. yeah like, that's nothing i can do that in a couple days that's yeah. not a problem at all yeah 20 pounds is i can do that in 10 days um 30 pounds 
Who the fuck wants that's to do that? A, that's yeah. a rough one. That's like, yeah. our, that's like our cuts. So, but over, I mean, so we're, over not, months, we're not yeah. trying to like we're trying to maintain yeah. performance though. Right. Now, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like it's, it's a little tough. different. Yeah. And like uh, the uh, one of the last, I can't remember if it was. It must have been. Oh, the story I got about fucking GPC Worlds up in Canada is fucking something else. That's a good one. Uh, but uh, uh, I almost got busted going across the border with some shit. But <laughs> <laughs> and my whole my whole life story did not help the situation at all. Yeah, the Mountie was like, "Oh boy, you're fucked." <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, I can't remember what I was talking about. <laughs> Go figure. I, I'm not even baked, and I remember. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so we did powerlifting and stuff for a long time. And then uh, uh, my wife at the time got pregnant, and we had twins. And um, so then I decided it would be a good idea to start another business. So I was a small business owner at the time. Let's start another business, and then let's start another business on top of that. <laughs> so I tried to do three, and uh, it didn't work out too good. And um, anyway... Um, started boxing again and doing martial arts and stuff. So like, even with like the boxing and stuff, like there'd be times where like, I would just do like uh, Filipino martial arts for six, eight months and not do any boxing, even though there's boxing and stuff associated with the Filipino martial arts, but uh, Filipino martial arts are very, they're, they're super fun too. That's, what? That's really good. Can, can you, uh, Kali Eskrima and then the, uh, the boxing associated with that, the Filipino boxing, which is, is unique. They do some things that like if, when you come from a boxing background, you're like, why would you try to hit a nerve in somebody's arm? Why don't you just blast them in the fucking face? <laughs> right. Because their face is right there. Like they do different things. It's right. like, you know, eh, you know, I don't know, but, uh, it's still really cool in principle. And, uh, a lot of it, like the flows that they use, they're interchangeable between hand, knife, sticks. Oh, okay. So it's like you're kind of doing all the same thing when you're training. Mm -hmm. uh, so that stuff is really fun. So I did that uh, off and on too and then back into the boxing and um, all still while training, you know, and uh, maintaining my strength and continuing to like experiment. That's the thing that I love with all of like especially – strength sports and i'm sure you guys find the same thing in bodybuilding it's like the whole thing's a fucking experiment mm -hmm. it's like oh let's maybe try this that and the other thing this time and see what happens in three weeks you yeah know? um so maybe in a nutshell that's kind of me yeah in a not so short sort of way so you um and all this time that you were competing in powerlifting was this this was an equipped type of thing right yeah i did well i did my first powerlifting meet was just a raw bench i didn't know shit like right. I was like a bench shirt. What the fuck is that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, all the dudes I was, uh, this is how I, nobody's going to remember this meet now. This is probably about the time you were born, wasn't it? I was born in 93. Oh, so. okay. Okay. I'm not that young. He's <laughs> <laughs> pretty so, young. So, uh, but, uh, all the, this is the, this is the meet was, uh, all these dudes in bench shirts and there was me, and I came in second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah, the competition was, uh, uh, I, you know, I'm not trying to talk shit. All these dudes tried really hard. <laughs> but, they, they tried real hard. But uh, <laughs> it was just a little small local thing, and uh, I won't even mention the federation, but I'm sure you guys could probably run through your heads and figure it out. Um, but... Uh, 
uh, and then uh, I did some single ply stuff off and on. Like there, were, Todd had put on a bench meet at, at one point, and uh, I can't remember the exact series of events, but it seems like we went in there and did one. And that was the one where uh, I can't. Remember, I think I told you about it, but uh, I just, I just. So normally I was used to multiply equipment. And I had just bought the single ply shirt. And I was going to, uh, he had it set up in lightweight, middleweight, and heavyweight categories. And so uh, for me, all that meant is I could eat all the shit I wanted to. and didn't right. have to worry about cutting weights because the top end of the middleweight was 220, I want to say. And uh, so my goal was I was going to bench 500 pounds in a uh, single ply shirt. And so I went there and I can't remember what I opened with, foreign change or something like that. And then my next attempt, and my... Uh, uh, my ex-brother-in-law got this on video and I've been trying to get it out of him for fucking years. I don't want to see it. Uh, so, <laughs> so Larry gives me a lift off. I get the lift off and I get the weight in my hands and I get, uh, the start command, start, start benching. And I go down and I touch and he says, press. And I go, Ooh, bang. Oh. And I, I drop 500 pounds on my head. And you guys know how powerlifting meets work. You usually got a spotter on each side of the bench and uh, somebody from behind. And then you got to get out of the way for the judge from the behind, from the head judge to see what's going on. And, uh, well, the two dipshits on the fucking side of my bar were staring up at the fucking ceiling. So I saw this in the video. They're like this, looking up in the ceiling. I don't know what the fuck was going on. But they're looking up at the fucking ceiling, and I'm doing this with 500 pounds teetering on my head. And Larry ran around the judge and yanked the bar off of my face and racked it. And, you know, everybody was like silent in the fucking room. Is this guy dead? Yeah, I went, and I spit out a whole bunch of teeth that I just broke. I spit them out, and I went in the bathroom, and my head was like, wah, starting to swell up. And so I said, Todd, you need to get me up there because I'm getting 500 pounds before I go to the fucking hospital. And I, I went and I hit the 500 pounds. And then I had to go to the emergency room. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so that, that one was that was a fun one. Are, were those side, are those side spotters, are they still alive today? Because I would have killed them. I, yeah, I wasn't, I was, that was at the time too, where, you know, I was also, um, I was using drugs and stuff. So my mind wasn't really, yeah, I didn't really, I would have freaked out about it, <laughs> I would have freaked out. but, uh, so, uh, so you hit your 500, went to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. That sucked. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, and I was, uh, at the time, uh, I go to the hospital and, uh, the emergency room and they get me in there and they're doing CT scans and shit like that on my head. And, uh, I'm like, yo, I just dropped fucking 500 pounds on my head. Can you give me a fucking painkiller? She's like, no, we have some ibuprofen. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I about cut my fucking skull in half. And, and she went and got me one bike in it. And at the time, I think I was probably eating about 30 or 40 of those a day. So, yeah, I was like, yeah, thanks. Dropping the bucket. And, yeah. yeah. Throw in the trash. And, yeah, like, let me just run home real yeah. quick. I'll get my stash. <laughs> and all that. It'll just all be better. That's ridiculous. Um, 
But, yeah, uh, speaking of the injury stories, yeah. uh, uh, what about the Larry story? Oh, that's a okay. really good one because I Larry is a fucking. He pulled some shit like that today too. He's a he's <laughs> a different kind of animal, man. He just is. Like there have been so many. Let me let me kind of lead into that one. We were doing. Uh, we used to call them walkouts or holds or whatever, but we'd overload a bar, squat bar, for example. In this, we'd overload a bar. Larry had like. I don't fucking know, 11 or 1200 pounds on his back. And he stood up with it out of the monolift and he wasn't going anywhere, but he stood up with it and he started falling backwards. And the squat and the monolift we had at the time was a cage. It was like the old school monolift. It was a cage monolift. And, uh, so, uh, Larry started, and you going with 11 or 1200 pounds on your back. Nobody in that room is stopping that shit. Like it's just going. And so Larry's, you know how he is, don't fucking, you better not drop that goddamn bar. Well, Larry fucking lives by that shit, man. Because he went kapow and he hit the rack, hands pinned between the bar and the fucking squat rack. And then slid down the rack and nearly degloved his fucking hand. So here's what he did. He pushed all that shit back up and he had Mark superglue it so we could finish doing squats. (laughs) That's what kind of man Larry is. I didn't never, I've never even heard that story. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, that was nasty. If you look at his hand still, he's got a big gnarly fucking scar on his hand. Yeah. Uh, so his pec tear. That was another one. So uh, he went skiing. This was, I think we were doing strongman at the time. I can't quite remember. But our strongman training was essentially heavy bodybuilder training. We'd go as heavy as we could and do as many reps as we possibly could. That's what we knew about strongman at the time. And uh, so it was bench day, which was probably about a two or three hour bench marathon of some kind. And uh, Larry went skiing the weekend before and he fell and he like hyperextended his arm or something like that. And uh, so we go into the gym and the joke, even the joke today between us, oh, it's today's light day. We're going to go light today because we never (laughs) go fucking light. And uh, I have learned better, but. That was the joke between us anyway. And so, yeah, okay, we're going to go light today. Yeah, my shoulder's not feeling right. You know, let's go light today. Yeah, okay. And so I'm thinking like, well, fucking, I'm not fucking injured. What the fuck do I need to go light for? So I, you know, and then, you know, so the weights, you know, they keep, you know, got a 45 on each side. We're doing reps. And then, you know, eventually another one gets on there and we're doing more reps. And then I'm kind of looking at Larry and he's like, yeah, fuck it. So the three plates on there, we're doing some reps and then we throw a quarter on there. And, uh, I can't remember if I went before Larry or Larry went first. I don't fucking remember none of that shit now. But what I remember is Larry coming down and doing one rep, hitting the eccentric, touching his chest, pressing it up and coming down on the second one, hitting his chest and pressing it up. And he gets about, about halfway up and you hear a snap that sounds like, the biggest band at the fucking gym getting stretched until oh, it fucking goes pop. And it was like, you know, cause the chest, there was like yeah, face just... from the chest cavity, you know? And he dumped it and I grabbed it and pulled it off him. And I was like, Holy shit. Are you okay? Cause I didn't know none of that shit back then. I was probably 20 years old, 21 years old, something like that. And he was like, Oh, I don't know. That didn't fucking feel right. <laughs> and I go, let's go in the locker room real quick and we'll check it out. And so he takes his shirt off when we're in the locker room. And you know when you go like this, you can see the insertion right there. 
It looked like somebody took a fucking ice cream scooper and scooped that shit out. You could see his rib cage and his pack was all fucking rolled up inside, like on the inside of his chest, like a grapefruit, like right there. And uh, he goes, ooh, I better, I think I'm going to go do shoulders. (laughs) And I was like, it's like, Larry, you need to go to the fucking hospital, dude. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with your chest, but like seeing somebody's rib cage right there isn't right. That is not right. That's not right. And so he goes out and proceeds to do some fucking shoulders. Oh, my God. And he's doing shoulders, and I'm lifting off for him and shit, and he's like, yeah, it's just not feeling right, man. It's just not feeling right. No goes, shit. I'll go yeah. do some triceps. <laughs> goes over and he starts doing some triceps. He's like, yeah, it just doesn't fucking feel right either. It's like, I'm going to go do some cardio. It's like, motherfucker, go to the fucking emergency room. But he, so anyway, he ends up at the emergency room, and uh, the next day he, come, he comes into the gym. The next fucking day I see him at the gym, of course, and he's in a sling, and oh, yeah, I got the rupture, you know, and ruptured the whole thing, and... He fucking shows me his arm, and it's as black as my sweater, sweatshirt, all the way down to his hand. And he pulls up his shirt, and it's black like my sweatshirt, all the way down to his fucking ankle. Oh, what? It was, God, it was gnarly, dude. It was so gnarly. Well, that, that, that happens from draining. Is that I was going to say, all, well, when you rush the trauma. Yeah. yeah, all that blood, and then he started doing shit, so it's getting pumped through the oh, body. Oh, yeah, it was, okay. it was gnarly. Because I've noticed that when people... I've. Knock on wood, I've never had anything like that happen. But, but when I've seen when it happens, it always seems like that hair just man. goes like the the black and blue extends to yeah. like. When I ruptured my bicep, yeah, yeah. Go all black. But yeah, you see a lot of those pictures of the powerlifters. It's like, oh all, yeah, yeah, just yeah. it's not yeah. just in that area. Like that. It's just it. It seems like it yeah. goes everywhere. Yeah, but uh, at the gym the next fucking day. Doing one arm back shit. <laughs> Shows up fucking squat day. Squatting with one motherfucking yeah. arm. He's squatting with one motherfucking arm. Bob, lashed my belt. Squatting with one motherfucking arm. Had to go up to 315, 405, something like that. Dude's a fucking freak, man. I swear that's a powerlifter thing. Like bodybuilders, if they fuck something, they're like, mm, I'm good. I'm really? good. But powerlifters, I swear no. to God. You guys yeah. just like push that envelope. <laughs> I've seen plenty of bodybuilders do crazy shit like that. I did some one on squats, but not, yeah, not, not at that level. Not like that, yeah. I mean, Larry's you, like, talk, special, dude. you watch that West, uh, West Side Barbell oh, yeah. and talk about like he's got surgery and then he next day that's, like, that's, you're still that's a little different. Yeah, yeah like he had a cast on his leg you know, and a hole in his throat and they're yeah. like, taking him in for max effort. Day. Yeah, Louis <laughs> Simmons is something else, man. Like I don't take anything away from that guy at all. Like anybody who criticizes him wait till you're 70 something fucking years old and all you've been doing is powerlifting then you can criticize that fucking guy mm-hmm. but uh there's there's a, a couple of things that i just wouldn't do and i remember seeing that show or maybe it was even in powerlifting usa back in the day or something like that but those guys would have fucking surgery and as soon as they could walk through the doors of those of the gym they were like fucking trying to max out on something Dude, yeah something. i don't get that shit yeah. i don't understand it at all yeah like, I mean, I've had my fucking issues, and, like, I fucking, it's a slow walk back up to, you know, performing well again. It's not yeah. quick at all. But uh, So, tell us about these businesses you owned. Uh, well, I was in the uh, uh, adult retail business for nearly 21 years. We were, we were just about at our 21-year mark when uh, 
uh, the doors closed permanently. Um, Thanks, Kate Brown. Once uh, again. Well, yeah, the the government shutdowns were uh, uh, really detrimental to us, and uh, uh, we had uh, fifteen to twenty employees for that entire time, and created jobs and. You know, you may say it's just a porn store, but uh, we added to the economy in our own way, and uh, it's no longer there. Um, I could probably go on a big giant rant about um, how shitty it is, but um, we could probably just talk about some funny shit that happened there. Well, I want to. I want to know how you get into the porn, like the porn business industry. Like, how did how did like uh, how that start? So, uh, I. I I normally, so my family's been in construction for forever. So my main uh, source of employment was construction, either with my dad or with whatever other company mm -hmm. I was working with at the time. Uh, for whatever reason, I ended up unemployed, and uh, I think I was that might have been when I was like I was building crates for a glass factory out in Tualatin, and um, so. I was looking for a job. The old construction companies that I was that I used to work with, they weren't fucking hiring people at the time. So I was like, fuck it. You know, porn stores hiring, I'll see what's up. So I went and worked at the fucking porn store, peddled smut for a while. And then my, my dad was like, Yo, what's up? Those guys make a lot of money or what? And I was like, Fuck yeah, they make a lot of money. And he was like, well, Let's fucking do that shit. Quit working there and let's go start our own shit. And so that's what we did. It's a, fam wow. a family partner. Family business. Yeah. Family adult yeah. business. Well, we are Italian. I don't know if that says anything. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, if, but if there's anyway. money, you can yeah. get it. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, we did that for... What, what, year was that? what year was that? Well, so it's not, it's not that simple because we... Uh, first, we got a building and then we had to remodel it. Um, and since we were in the construction business it was like you know a no-brainer like yeah let's fucking remodel this place and so we remodeled it and uh well the building was uh 147th and stark you guys all know the area mm -hmm. wonderful area yeah, was, yeah. Uh, back then it actually yeah. wasn't too bad yeah it wasn't too bad back then uh but uh flat tar roof and uh we remodeled the building and somebody got up on the roof when we were a week, a week or so. We had somebody in there uh, the whole night putting out inventory for us. And somebody got up on the roof, drilled a bunch of holes through the cinder block, dumped a bunch of gasoline in there, put a detonation device in it, got off the motherfucking building, and blew that shit up with somebody in the building. You don't remember that shit? I vaguely remember the story. I don't remember. Blowing up porn shot. That was my fucking that was, porn shot. Yeah, was my porn Before shot. it even opened. Before we even opened, yeah. What and, year was uh, that? 98, I want to say. I don't remember that at yeah. all. Yeah. Was this That's part of like a... Um, did a militia group do it? No. I, I mean, uh, no, they never caught anybody. I don't know okay. who did it. Yeah, they were trying to pin it on us. It was like an insurance scam or something. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, you're trying to get all the insurance money. But we were like, uh, we just thought lost 30 years worth of construction tools in there that we don't have any receipts for. This is quite the bungled job if <laughs> right. we were trying to burn our shit down. But uh, anyway, yeah, so there was a guy inside the building when the blast occurred. And he, 
he got busted up, but he didn't end up like dying or anything like that, thankfully. Oh my God. Um, but so the way the building was set up at the time, uh, the building, the parking lot is like a cul-de-sac. There's two buildings that we had. Uh, the large building was a store. The small building was storage and I had all my powerlifting and boxing shit in there and trained over there all the time. But, uh, so he was in between the two buildings, there was a gate and the gate we always kept closed just for security purposes. And, uh, that's back when a gate actually did something. Now people just fucking, that's a, a gate is nothing. But anyway, uh, so he got blown through, like there was a emergency door in the back of the building and he could smell the gas and he was walking around trying to find what the fuck was going on. And he was by an emergency door and the blast occurred and the shockwave sent him through the security door and then through a handrail on the outside of the building. But there was a door in front of him. So the, you know, the door probably hit first and then he hit the door and then broke the fucking handrail. Wow. But then wow. he was stuck in the parking lot while the building was burning. And oh then the police God. had to ram through the fucking gate to get his ass out. Wow. He's yeah. lucky he was standing at that door though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 He probably, they were like all the oxygen when it got sucked yeah. out of that fucking place. He was he probably would have suffocated. But, uh, um, uh, Anyway, uh, so then uh, it was, okay, let's fucking get up, brush ourselves off, and rebuild. And we did that, and we rebuilt the place. And um, we didn't own the property. We were leasing the property. So the uh, owners of the property decided to rebuild their building, and uh, they got a nicer building out of the situation. Um, but uh, anyway, so we rebuilt. And then you, you added glory holes. Eventually. <laughs> eventually yeah that was we can't i i must say uh so so here do you want to do you want to hear do you want to hear how i came to the conclusion that we needed to put in glory holes yeah okay <laughs> so the gym that larry and i used to train at uh the dude that worked at there was like a fucking smoothie bar you know you get protein shakes with juice and shit like that there and the dude that worked there his name was doug we called him dougie he was super cool, and he was a little gay dude, and he was the nicest fucking dude you'd ever want to meet. Anyway, so he's talking to me one day, and I'm drinking a protein shake, and he says, I heard you just opened a porn store. I said, well, yeah, I just opened a porn store. And he says, do you have glory holes there? And I said, no. Oh, oh what? <laughs> and, and then he explained it to me. I was like, yeah. okay, what's this? And he explained it to me, and I said, we're going to have them there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that you mentioned it. <laughs> so at the time. Come on they, in tomorrow. They'll fucking be there, buddy. So at the time, did they have the, there wasn't the arcade? Any of that. Or any well, there of wasn't that? any glory holes in Portland at the time that I knew of anyway. So you brought glory holes to Portland. I don't know that to be a fact. No, awesome. I don't know that I, to I'm be I'm going to start that rumor, though. I, I know the guy that brought glory holes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, going, yeah. I'm going I don't know it. if I want that <laughs> fucking feather you know, I did that a lot of shit. Like, Is that really the, you're the motherfucker who broke up my marriage? Uh, so I suppose OSHA says COVID is transmissible through a glory hole. Well, no, so they want you to. They want you to do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh. So it might make a comeback. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's a, supposedly the safe sex method during COVID is through glory holes. Uh, yeah. Really. Oh, ambiguous sex with random people is the safe way to. Have that's sex. what they're saying. Like, if you're gonna have good choices, yep. I'm in, I'm into it. So, <laughs> I think you should. I'm naive. Okay, but do people know what's on the other side of the glory hole? Oh, Tim, Tim, you Tim, are Tim, naive. Tim, Tim. 
So yeah, we had, we had we had a couple of guys like you go in the back, and they'd come up front, and they'd go, "Boy, that girl on the other side of that hole sure is friendly." <laughs> yeah, yeah, we laugh, 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 Tim. <laughs> so what was on the other side of the glory hole? Oh, it's another dude sucking dicks, man. Always. Well, I mean, ninety nine point two percent of the time, or some shit. Every now and again, we get like a couple where like. Uh, you know, the couple would go into a glory hole. That would happen, and probably not infrequently. I mean, I was probably a couple times a week, at least while I was there, it would happen. Um, but, uh, but most of the time, it is was it dudes. a mystery, or do they know what's on the other side of the glory hole? Well, I mean, we is would. There, so you want me to, you want, I'll show. I'll show you how how I did the glory holes, Tim. <laughs> so I took. So I took our, our screw gun, made sure it was charged, and I got a hole saw about like that. And I went, huh. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Wham! And I started in the water. <laughs> so I pulled the trigger. I was like, by God, I think we're on to something here. This is going to work. <laughs> You're like five, six, five, seven. Uh, probably, uh, I used to be 5'8", but that probably ain't the fucking That's case different. anymore. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, around average anyway, well, in height. So, was that an employee then on the other side of the glory hole? That's, no, yeah, was that was not an employee, Tim. That was, that was what <laughs> you would so call, that questions. was what you would call a freelance agent, my friend. <laughs> oh, shit. So, the, so <laughs> I, I'm curious how, so, like. I got so many questions. I know, me too. Oh, it's a whole, and, and the arcade itself is like, it's a whole scene. Like, it's, so we had people that, uh, we had regulars that were there 10, 12 hours a day, probably every single day. I would 10 to take, 12 hours a day. So, yeah, so my uncle, who was my business partner, my main business partner, eventually passed away. So the whole responsibility of the place essentially rested on me. And so I would try to take a day off every week. Um, but for, that was six, seven days a week, even from, you know, when we first started, I was always there six or seven days a week. And uh, we would have people that would be there my whole shift every fucking day. And so long as they're fucking feeding money into the machines. Yeah. yeah, I was fucking hey man. So did Stay you have an arcade? Life, did you have an arcade prior to? Yeah. When we first opened, we did. Okay. So you just had basically merged the two ideas. You're like. What, Glory Hole and Arcade? Right. No, no. like, I, this isn't some, I didn't invent the Glory right, Hole right, or right. nothing like that. Like, they've probably but that's how you. that's how you made it profitable. For millennia. Right. But that's how you made it profitable, right? Like, No, you, it was profitable before that. But it fucking. Just by having. It fucking work. exploded after that <laughs> shit, man. Right. Let me tell you, it was, Arcade was busy as fuck. What I, what I meant was, is that's, yeah. how you, that's how the Glory Hole concept yeah. is profitable, is that. Well, until everybody else does it, and then you're back to a level playing field. Right. Right. So then the market is all equal. So uh, uh, there's enough glory holes to meet demand. Oh, there's more than enough glory holes to meet demand anymore, I would think. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, we went from like, man, I can. There were there were times where I was like, wow, we need to just close the motherfucking store and just do this shit. <laughs> and uh, and then like after everybody else caught on and you know they, everybody else got glory holes um, that I know of anyway. I'm just uh, curious. So, like, if a dude just walks in, yeah, and like he goes to the arcade, and then he's like, "There's a hole there." Yeah, and it's not in all the rooms. So we right. had a section of the arcade that was. So they're like, there. so a guy would walk in and be like, "I want the glory hole," and you're like, no, "Okay, it's just one." They just like, go back there. 
So it was like it was it was a room full of doors. How would they know that there was somebody on the other side? That's well, so well there was glory <laughs> hole printed on the door. Okay, before you but there's some it. dude just sitting, or there's a person. Let's just say there's a yeah, person. Yeah, there's a person on this. Just all the time. Not all the time. I, I mean, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, like, it was sometimes, sometimes it was like musical chairs, and you had to go from room to room to room to find somebody who either wanted to have their dick sucked or to be sucked, I guess. <laughs> Because you would see, we were talking about this. Who was I talking about this the other day? Was that me and you? We were talking about the dudes looking through the glory holes and getting poked in the eyeball. <laughs> I did not hear that story. No, it never happened. But we, I was laughing with somebody because I always, I'd be watching, man. I was always waiting. I was sick because we had cameras. The whole place was fucking wired, you know. And we had cameras and I'd be watching these people going back there and they're like opening the doors and looking in the glory homes. I don't, I don't know that, you know, all the rooms had indicators as to who was spending money and who wasn't and so i knew there was somebody in a room and they'd be like looking through the glory hole you know you see him looking through the glory hole and there was one i was just like one time man just come up like this yeah. just like that never happened though but holy shit some fucking things happen in that that's place. a pretty weird day to get hit in the eye with a dick that yeah would, that would be a weird yeah. day yeah so it's uh I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's not just a volunteer on that one side. Well, it's a dude who likes sucking dick, more than likely. A dude more than like, who but likes But he also dick. paid to win in that glory hole. Yeah, you can't be in a room and not spend money. Yeah. So oh. your hope, they're not, this changes everything. Yeah, it does change everything. So a person paid to go in that room with the hole, and he don't know what else is coming in that room with the hole. I was going to say, they I go into the, the adjacent side. room, and somebody's already in the other room. Well, I'm like, could you have two dudes who just like do this because they don't know what's going to happen? No, I never <laughs> know. <laughs> you don't care. They paid to go. So long as they're paying, man, yeah. I didn't give a fuck. I can remember times when like uh, there was some dude locked up in a fucking room, and uh, he wasn't spending money, and we had ODs and we had shit in there, man. But anyway, uh, some dude was locked up in a room and he wasn't spending, and we'd have people go in there and they fucking pass out or think it was their like free fucking hotel or something, and they're gonna sleep. <laughs> And, uh, anyway, so this happened one day when I was in there and, uh, so I go knock on the door and the dude's like, uh, I'm like, yo, you need to put some fucking money in. And he's like, just grunting at me. So I'm like, yo, I'm gonna open up the fucking door. I don't care if your pants are on or what, but you, you ain't staying in there. So I open up the door and he's all drunk and he's passed out and he's sitting there like that. I'm like, yo, put some fucking money in. And he pulls out a wad, man. I mean, this dude had a fucking wad and I was like, good. <laughs> take that 20 right there and he's all hammered and he peels it and i was like put it in that fucking bill acceptor and he put it in the bill acceptor and i said okay go back to sleep i'll be back in about an hour and shut the door yeah, yeah, I don't care. you want to take a nap dude pay yeah, yeah you're good man. Yeah, hey that's a good customer right there that's a good, ain't bothering yeah. nobody oh, yeah. spending the but, whole time fucking a. but if a guy that dude's passed out of sleep and another guy goes in on the other side He's going to be yelling through the hole, hey, wake up, fucker, I'm on the other so side. So they just rotate to another room. Oh. So we had, we probably had, so we had 22 rooms This total. is blowing my mind. <laughs> only cultural experience. Yeah. Room. So we had 22 rooms, and I want to say maybe half or more were glory holes. Because there were large rooms that, like, couples could go in and stuff like that. It wasn't all just, because most of these rooms were probably three by five. Small, something yeah. Like that. I mean, they're about as big enough for a chair, you know, and you got the paper towel dispenser and the TV and enough room to fucking do this, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
But uh, yeah, there was man, there was all kinds of funny ass shit. Yeah, before this, I thought glory holes only happened in like bathrooms, rest, and, like, rest areas, porn or, yeah. sites. Like, right. that's, like I oh, didn't yeah. think it was like a real thing. Oh, it's a real thing. All right. Yeah. Wow. Did you hire a professional cleaner? We had janitors. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. Oh have god, that'd be the worst job. That'd be rough. We had full time. We we tried to take as good a care as we could. I was gonna say I'd pay them the most out of anybody. As good as we could. Oh my god. Yeah. The. But at, yeah, anyway, it all sort of fizzled out. But um, so you had, um, did you ever have altercations with people? In oh, there? multiple. I, I can imagine that that yeah, would multiple. be kind of a. An so I would say where... uh, there was one year where I had uh, in three months I had four guns pulled on me. Um, I probably in total maybe six to eight guns in total. I never got shot at out there. Um, but, uh, what would that stuff you just kicking people out and people, uh, lots of things, man. I mean, we, I had knives pulled on me. I had people try to stab me. I had people, uh, I got videos of shit on my fucking phone. This dude fucking threw a rock the size of a softball at my head, probably 10 feet away as hard as he could. Um, fucking gnarly shit, dude. I got in gnarly shit out there all the time. Like it was like. You know. Do you think that stemmed from the area, or do you think that that stemmed from the culture of what that kind of place was? Oh, be? the area for sure, because when we first opened, it wasn't it wasn't like that. Um, <laughs> we had, you know, in port stores, there's there's a bit of a culture there too that sort of um, I don't know if it's necessarily a culture or that they, you know, maybe just sort of frequent the places because they never close. That's probably more likely the uh, true description of it. But uh, you get people that are high on meth in there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, for the most part, I would say that the majority of the meth people that came in there, um, and it wasn't like everybody in there was spun out, but there was meth people in there. We didn't, we were open 24 hours a day. That's a place where they could go and fucking tweak out on some shit. So, um, I would say the majority of them left people alone, spent money and did their own thing. Um, but every now and again, you would get somebody who had probably been up for way too motherfucking long. Monty, I'm sure you've had to deal Mm -hmm. with this in your line of work. Uh, And they're just like psychotic. Mm -hmm. There is no, you can't have rational. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Rational. Yeah. Rationality left the fucking room a long time ago. And uh, so, and then there was just crappy people that, you know, I think eventually the neighborhood over there, um, it just got, it got bad. You Mm -hmm. know, it, it got really, really bad. It went from, Probably in the late 90s. It was kind of a rougher sort of blue collar area. I mean, there were some gangs and stuff, but it wasn't really like, it wasn't shootings all the time. There were stabbings every now and again. I used to take the max down in that area when I was like 10. Yeah. Like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> and, uh, and then it went into the most violent part of the city. Mm-hmm. And um, it was something else, man. Like... Uh, the amount of shit that uh, I can remember, uh, the um, we got we got robbed uh, four times in a row. Once we got robbed, like four days in a row. No, but the same dude robbed oh. us four times in a row. Is, yeah, it's <laughs> oh, probably God. a better way to put it. And uh, so uh, anyway, he robbed us. I can't remember if it was the second or the third time where I nearly caught him, but. Uh, he, uh, he would come in at like 11 o'clock during the day, stick us up, grab all the money, and fucking bounce. And um, 
so he had done it two times or something like that up until this point. So like at around 11 o'clock, like I was like doing my thing, counting till bags and stuff, looking at the monitor, trying to catch this guy coming in. And, uh, I got a conceal and carry and, uh, I was going to fucking blast the dude. Like if I caught the dude in there, sticking a gun up to one of my employees, trying to rob the place, yeah, he was going to die. Dude. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, uh, I look up at the monitor while I'm in the middle of counting a till bag or something, and sure enough, I see a motherfucker behind the counter that shouldn't be there. And I grab my pistol, put a shell in the chamber, and I go running up front, and I'm going to go fucking smoke this dude. And right as I'm bent in the corner, he's going out the front door and running uh, east on Stark. And I'm chasing him up Stark Street with a pistol in my hand, yelling at him to stop. And so I didn't see him. Uh, my janitor saw him. And uh, he ran up there and pointed him out to me, and he was pulling out of the parking lot in the car. I drew down on him. I didn't fire on him or nothing like that. I told him to get the fuck out of the car, and he drove off. And uh, anyway, the police pulled him over, and he had ditched all this shit in the fucking apartment complex where his car was parked. He didn't have nothing on him, and they let his ass go. Mm -hmm. And then he robbed us once or twice more. Oh, my God. And then they eventually caught him, and the dude was robbing us with a fucking airsoft gun. God, God. With a fucking airsoft gun, man. What's weird, so a bunch of these videos you see where people are robbing people, you never see them shoot the till or the the teller or whatever because I think most of the time it's airsoft guns. Probably. Because usually they have a felony so they can't have a firearm. Probably, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's too risky for a felon to carry a gun. Yeah. But they busted his ass with... uh, uh, one of our till bags on him and an ounce of heroin. And, uh, yeah, he went down. Yeah. did some fucking time. You have a lot of theft in there. Oh, the theft was like, but yeah, but like, so, yeah. 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 (laughs) Tim, you want to know about the dildos, Tim? I want to know if they're getting stolen. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, they got stolen all right. But, uh, um, the, uh, Theft was off the charts, but we had the place so wired. Here's we had such a good system for this. <laughs> so eventually, you learn, you know, like necessity being the mother of invention. Like yeah. you got to figure something out. You're probably going to figure it out. And uh, so this, uh, we people are stealing shit from us constantly. So we're always having to do inventory and check what's out on the floor, check what's behind the counter uh, constantly. And so we eventually developed a system and we can only put one item out there at a time on the floor because we were getting robbed so much. But listen, it's good. It's a good system. So, but when something was sold, we'd have back stock and it was automatically replaced. Mm -hmm. So the employee would see the uh, empty hook, pull the hook, put it in a certain area. The next morning, the manager would come in, put the new toy on and put it on the floor. So, what they would do is they would scan the hook to see what the computer said we had as soon as there was a missing toy on an empty hook sitting there. And if there was still one in the computer system, that means it was stolen. So then the store being wired, we'd go back through our surveillance and look for who fucking stole it. And sure enough, there are always some motherfucker that comes in there all the time. And so they come walking in on a Friday night and one of my managers would say, hey, do you got your ID on you? He'd go, oh, yeah, it's right here. And he'd hand it to him. He'd go right on. And he'd walk over to the copy machine and go push copy and hand him back his ID and say, okay, here's a picture of you stealing a bunch of shit. So do you either want me to call the police or do you want to pay for this? And they go, oh, I'll pay for it. And we get our shit paid for it. 
Perfect. And they wouldn't steal from no us. No more trouble. Wow. Yeah. And so they still probably continued to come in and spend money. Yeah, and we tell them, we're like, <laughs> yo, pay for your shit, and you can keep coming back, but you steal some shit again, you're gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was... You gotta be in a bad place to be stealing porn. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, in that in that yeah, area, yeah. Man, I can tell you, fucking. <laughs> shit, when it comes man. down to addiction, like these guys, yeah. they'll steal anything that they can. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And a place that's open late. Oh yeah. There's one easy. one person probably yeah, that working. You know, like and, we we had like lingerie and shit like that in there, so that would be like a high theft item. You know, and right? Go in there and steal shit and then trade it for dope or whatever. Yeah. I was gonna say if you got like. Tweeters that are coming in, they're going to take whatever. Anything They'll take anything. Anything, anything yeah. they get their hands on. For the most part. I mean, it seemed like most of the time it was a little directed. Like they might have a shopping list for somebody or the dude mm-hmm. that they get shit from, you know, knows what they need or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But we had one gal, man. She was like, she was a fucking pro. So uh, <laughs> they were, so, and we didn't catch her. This is the funny part. Maybe it's not funny, but it's funny now. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, this gal's in the fucking store, and she, she, she's she got the stripper thing going on, and she's with a friend, and they're looking through lingerie and stuff like the stripper gals that are dancers or whatever they want to be called or out there doing. <clears throat> anyway, so the fucking police come walking in, and they're like, hey, what's your name? And she tells them their name, and they're like, turn around and put your hands behind your back. And she turns around, and all the shit starts falling out from her. <laughs> And she was wanted for, like, grand larceny or some shit oh, wow. like that. Yeah, and she had been fucking robbing everybody blind in Portland for fucking ever. And they said they pulled shit out of her oh, down, down at the fucking, out, down at MCDC. And they were like, hey, we caught some shit. We pulled some shit out of her. Do you want it? Like, throw it in the motherfucking trash. We're good. <laughs> throw it in the trash. We don't have a discount bin here, okay? Yeah. There isn't no slightly used shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, oh the stories. That place, man. We had one guy one time, uh he bought he bought a dildo, a vibrating dong, Tim, if you want to know the technical term. He bought a vibrating dong. It was a big fucker, man. Like I'm talking I'm talking eighteen inches or so. It's a big fucker and a big vibrator in it, you know? And uh and I was working. And it, and I knew like he come in he came in like the day before and he bought it and I was like oh this dude's a motherfucking problem like he was all drunk and shit. Anyway, he comes back in the next day and I'm like oh this is gonna be bad. And he's got a bag with him. He's got the, he's got the infamous black bag. He wants to return it. And he says hey I want to return this. And he goes and he pulls the fucking eighteen inch dildo fucking vibrating dong out of the bag and it's all greasy. Oh, it's all fucking greasy and he's like I want to return this and I'm like dude you cannot fucking return that here look at it it's glistening it's fucking been used you know you can't return sex toys that's not how it fucking works even if you okay like even if you don't use it yeah. like you walk out there's with no it, it's your satisfaction <laughs> guarantee no you yeah. walk out with that thing you're yeah. not coming and back he, he's like oh I can't return it because it's used and I said, yeah. And he pulls the fucking dong off. Whoosh. And now he's just got a vibrator. And he goes, well, how about this? It's <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. Wow. <laughs> get the fuck so, out of here. When he goes and buys that, are you ever compelled to ask his, would you like a gift receipt? <laughs> or is this for yourself? No, there's no gift receipt. No, there's no return. Oh, you there's can't no return. return. Ever. Yeah. No. So no. No, I just ask, would you like lube with that? Would you like lube with that? That's and it, if they yeah. say no, probably not for them. 
Yeah, it's usually a rough go, man. So he got home and it didn't turn out like he thought it was going to Well, work. he had his girl with him, so she didn't, you know, she was... So somebody could oh yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of shit. Is the 18 inch dong section a popular section? Uh, it is. It is. Okay, what's the, like uh, <laughs> what's the, like the best sellers? Like the top? Uh, it yeah. sort of depends. Like um, I would say, uh, so we sold dick pills, and it was. Uh, uh, male enhancement products. Oh yeah, I'm sure that went through the roof. We sold those like nearly. I would say that 60, 70 percent percent of the time, anybody walked through the door, it was probably to buy that. Um, but uh, that was probably our top seller. Those things actually work pretty well. Like yeah. like equivalent to like what a doctor prescribes. Like to that. They keep coming back to buy. That's, yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just like I couldn't. I can't. I, to me, I've always like those probably, probably don't work. But I guess if they're hey, it's the proprietary blend, and I'm guessing that proprietary blend consists of uh, Chinese uh, Viagra and uh, oh, really? Cialis. Yeah. Okay, so that would be my guess huh. because people would come back and be like, "God damn, I need more of that." So like, you don't <laughs> so, need to go to the doctor work, to get the Whatever prescription. The fuck it was, yeah, no yeah, doubt. You know, some Cialis mixed with fucking who knows what. But uh, if that's the case, I don't know that to be a fact. That's just what I've heard. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> we weren't selling Cialis. Right. Uh, but uh, what was I talking about? You guys, best, best, best sellers, best seller. Just little vibes. Little vibes were always. They were always mm -hmm. we were just fucking burn through those things. Little cheap vibes, like five ninety nine vibes. We burn through that shit. Lube was always a good seller. Um, yeah. yeah, I can remember. Uh, uh, We've had a few few people that we know in common that came in and were like lube. What what's lube? It's like Jesus, man. What is like? Well, you bet. Spitting blood the way you do it, like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, you know, like yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, lube was always a good seller. Uh, lingerie always sold really well. Um, yeah, is this? Yeah, event. Yeah, in the beginning we sold. Fuck, man, it was hard to keep that place stocked. Yeah, uh, we had over ten thousand DVDs at the, on the floor any, at any given time. That stuff can't sell well now. Not, not yeah, saying, since no. the internet, yeah. like you can fucking watch any porn you want on your yeah, phone. Yeah, I was gonna free. say you cannot um, be. And as soon as that became the way it is, I still feel like that there's tape. probably a market for it though. There, yeah, the older that, guys. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say there's definitely yeah. people that will, like no matter what they're gonna stick with the old old school way. Yeah, that's what they know. Yeah, you know, it's comfortable for them, and it was like a lot of return customers, the same guys that would come in, you know, mm -hmm. every Tuesday or whatever, and buy their shit. <laughs> I feel like I heard a a piece of a story or something about a Vaseline guy. Oh, the Vaseline Bandit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think, I can't remember who told me that, but somebody told me <clears throat> the that that was bandit. a story I needed to ask you about, and I just oh. thought of it. Now. Yeah. Oh, it's a good time, I guess. So we had this dude that would come in, and he would go in the back, and he would empty an entire, like, one of those tubs of Vaseline like that, slather himself with it, and he would roll around on the fucking floor, he'd, like, up on the walls, like, get the monitors all fucked up, and trying to clean fucking Vaseline is, oh, like, God. dude, it would take, like, it was horrible, man. And so he was the fucking Vaseline bandit, and by God, we're going to catch this motherfucker. <laughs> so anyway, uh, time goes on, and many messes have been cleaned up at this point. And it, we were probably, I don't know, maybe six or something like that. 
six nasty Vaseline messes have been cleaned up. And so I'm going back to empty the arcade one day, and the arcade was like a big circle. So you would walk in one direction and make a big loop and come out the same way you walked in. And so that's how I would empty the arcade. And uh, I'm going back there, and I would always kind of do like a security check before I walk back there and make sure nobody's like, you know, creeping or waiting for me or whatever. And uh, so the boost went one through seven down to the corner, and then eight and nine, and then the number sort of staggered back and forth. And um, so I'm bending the corner, uh, you know, booth one, two, three, four, five, six. And as I'm walking up to booth number seven, I can see that the TV's on in there because the light's glowing, you know, light's glowing and it's dark in there and you can see the picture flickering and shit. And I'm walking up on that shit and I bend the corner and I look down and there's a greasy ass motherfucker laying on the floor with his <laughs> leg up on a chair, jacking off, looking at me like, do you want to come in? And I was like, it's you, you motherfucker, you are the Vaseline bandit, you son of a bitch. Yeah. And uh, so I yell and scream at him and make a big giant scene. And so check this out. Like, I was like, dude, this guy is covering himself in fucking Vaseline. Like, you would think, like, just putting your clothes back on, they'd be all stuck yeah. to you. Yeah, and all weird that, that was my, my first, my image is him. Walking out with his clothes back yeah, on. It's all yeah, it's like, shiny. Yeah, shit. how have you guys not seen yeah, this yet? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna fucking catch this guy because I'd figure he'd like we're wearing a shirt. Be like, I'm gonna see him. He's gonna come out of there. And that's gotta be, be Vaseline all over him. We never. That's how I caught him. He was rubbing one out with his fucking leg up on a chair, looking at me like, "Oh, open. you fucking want some or what?" Oh wow! And uh, yeah, so then I, I caught the Vaseline bandit and told him to get the fuck out. <laughs> Uh, but watching him get dressed was entertaining. That was funny. He was like trying to get his skin stuck and everything. Well, get while he's out, you yeah, while, while he's like like yeah, under a mouth screaming out. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that's a bad. That's a bad day. Yeah, and I get upset when people touch the mirrors at the gym. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a small problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's oh all God. relative to him. <laughs> Yeah. It's like a whole new world. Oh, it's I can keep. I going, never, man. yeah, I never even knew like this existed. <laughs> oh, it is, but yeah. yeah so I, I want to steer it back to powerlifting, if that's all right. Yeah. I know you guys are. <laughs> yeah. Are we good with that? We're good with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I get something else that sort of like comes to you, throw it down. Yeah, throw it down. So you're you're still competing, coaching athletes. Uh, I haven't competed in a couple of years. I've had. Uh, couple muscle i had a, a near complete rupture of my hamstring and uh uh tore a couple other little muscles but um i was Still. trying to yeah i was trying to do the raw thing for a while yeah and uh i don't know if it's that um you know my training technique wasn't quite correct or you know that i'm just old and beat up but uh it wasn't really agreeing with me too much so back in the gear mm -hmm. and uh see what i can do do you and you have something coming up I got a meet coming up on uh, the 20th of March if everything holds together. Multiply. Yeah, if uh, nothing gets canceled. Um, we've already had, I can't remember if it was three or four. Yeah, it feels like you guys have been trying to compete for a while. Yeah. So, well, hopefully, you know, everything happens. And, this one's in Idaho, right? Yeah. That should hold. I want to say Idaho Falls. That should hold. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, so, this is just a qualifier for me. and. <laughs> Um, if my numbers are good enough and they should be, 
um, all, I, I should qualify for uh, senior nationals and uh, WPO. So where's that held at? Senior nationals, uh, at least to my knowledge, has generally been held in Florida most of the time. Okay. Uh, there was, that should I hold remember, up too. Oh, that should yeah, be uh, I can remember a couple of times of it being in Las Vegas, but uh, uh, sh I think it's in Tampa, I want to say, in 2021. And, uh, I feel like everything's going to happen in Florida. Like everybody, like you want to have an event, go to Florida. Florida, Texas. They're the only ones. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. But do you have any particular numbers that you are – well, so at this qualifier, like I have, I kind of have lower goals for the qualifier than I do for nationals or WPO or anything like that. So uh, the goals for this coming meet are just to squat over nine, bench around six, and deadlift around six. Mm -hmm. um, from there, then my training will ramp up, and I'll right. I'll, I'll go for a thousand pound squat at one ninety eight, a seven hundred pound bench, and if I can. If I can manage to pull 700 pounds, I'll pull 700 pounds. We'll see what mm -hmm. happens. So those those numbers for your qualifier, is that kind of the numbers that you need just to qualify for that? No, or not really. That, I mean, even if – What like, are the numbers to qualify? Uh, I'm not really sure anymore, but anything around a 10 times your body weight total, okay. uh, you're, you can go to nationals. Got it. Um, and it's like even, you know, you can kind of right. subtract a little bit from that and – you can minus it. You, you don't can have to, minus it. You can minus it. You don't have to times. You don't anything. have to times it. You don't have to times it. <laughs> um, but you got you can you can even subtract some points there and uh, and still qualify. I think when I qualified for senior nationals, uh, nineteen and change or something like that was my total. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, so if if I get you know six six and nine, I mean that's twenty one hundred pounds at one ninety eight. Mm -hmm. That's over ten times my body weight. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. That's a really good total, at least in my eyes. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people out there. So like, the guy who holds the record, and from what I've been able to find, um, there's uh, Sean Frankel. So Sean Frankel was the fucking man back in the day when Larry and I were were powerlifting and traveling around and stuff. And uh, he has, I think to this day, the highest total of any power lifter. And it's like 2,400 and change at 198. He had, uh, it was a nine, 975-pound squat. It's like a seven and change bench and a seven and change dead. Mm -hmm. He's like 14 times his body weight. He's just Jesus. a fucking freak, man. So... Like, might tap into that squat. What's that? You, you're probably going to tap into that squat. I feel like I can get that squat. I feel like a thousand pounds. Uh, it's going to be work. I, I don't. I don't. I don't have any sort of misconceptions about what what it's going to take to do it. Uh, but I'm unemployed. You got and, it. And uh, I'm basically a full time powerlifter right now. Right. So. Um, and your girlfriend Lisa, tattoo. Is a tattoo artist. Tattoo she is. Lisa Hubbard Tattoo. And she also has painted murals in the gym. Yeah. Which is very good. Yeah. Really good. And just a sweetheart of a woman, too. Really yeah, sweet. I will say that. She is, uh, she's really done uh, positive things for me in my life. She really has. It took me 36 years to get my first tattoo. And I, okay. I went with it. Yeah, and, I, awesome. and she's got 
Oh, we've been talking. Out. We've been sitting down. We're talking about all the little details. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Oh, she's. I love. So cool. I love what she's done. I love the yeah. like the way she does the tree. Like I just yeah. and like the negative spacing and like. Yeah. I, she's what I love about it is I am not a creative person at all. She's super creative, and she's so creative. And I like. She's I walk got in, creative brains. I know, and I walk in there with my idea, and I'm like, this is kind of like something like this. Do the thing, yeah. and she's just like stuff. like her mind just starts yeah. just starts drawing it up, and I'm like. Love it. Let's do it. That's the best <laughs> way to get a tattoo. It, dude, like, it really like, is. This it, is my idea. You you're the expert. Yeah, they love love it. And I yeah. love yeah. it. They're like, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they'll they'll do you. And do I've loved job. everything she's done. And I'm yeah, so excited to keep getting she's, work she's done. She's great, man. She really is. Um, great artist. Yeah. Um, so should we probably wrap up here? How long we've we been going? Yeah, for? a while. Yeah, this yeah. is a long one. Oh yeah. Well, I could, I could. Uh, I know we'll, I we'll definitely keep, do a, a part two for this. I yeah, could uh, sure. keep going with the fucking stories. Yeah, <clears throat> we didn't even get into any of the violent stuff. I know. Maybe yeah. next time, violence. <laughs> we can talk about blood, lube, and violence. Yeah, our captions for this one are gonna be. They're gonna be epic. Oh, I can't wait. Oh my god. Good deal. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Um, I don't even know what episode number we're on, but if you've been following us, we really appreciate it. Uh, make sure that you click subscribe on our um, on the right underneath our um, icon here, and um, stay in tune with what we have coming up. Um, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate thanks it. For having me. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, it's appreciated. Awesome. Later.